Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 141 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Adam McCurdy. Adam graduated as a mechanical engineer and mathematician, spending the first years of his career as a management consultant for large organizations around the Asia Pacific. After learning about social enterprise and its power to solve the world's biggest problems, he quickly began exploring ideas to better incorporate technology as a core driver in the sector. Adam is now one of Australia's most successful young social entrepreneurs. He co-founded Humanitix, the first social enterprise ticketing platform, which is now selling tickets for thousands of events across Australia and New Zealand, disrupting the online ticketing industry, seeking to direct the billions of dollars in annoying booking fees to help close education gaps for disadvantaged children. Adam and his co-founder, Josh Ross, recently won Third Sector Social Entrepreneurs of the Year in 2018. Humanitics has also secured funding from Google, Atlassian Foundation, and the New South Wales government. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Adam's views on the current state of the social enterprise and not-for-profit sectors in Australia. We'll get Adam's insights into setting up Humanitics, and we'll hear where Adam believes there are gaps and opportunities for entrepreneurs. So Adam, thanks very much for joining us. Hey Tom, thank you. Really nice to be here. Likewise, Adam. So to kick things off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to working in the not-for-profit and social enterprise sectors? Yeah, sure. I started off being really interested in in maths and sciences. And so, yeah, that's what I, I really focused on at university, studying engineering and mechanical engineering and maths. Yeah, that, that led me to a, a career in management consulting. And from there, I then went on to do a master's in agriculture and environmental economics Hmm. and that was at the University of Sydney and I guess it was it was there that I started to become more exposed to concepts around social enterprise a bit more of the sector what was going on uh, because I was doing a bit of ad hoc lecturing and and tutoring uh, at the business school um, while I was studying that master's and it, it just really excited me. I, I initially I, I did that master's because I was, I was, I guess, more passionate about thinking or solving my a personal goal that I had, which was how do I take the skills that I've learned and the enthusiasm I have and all my energy and, and apply it to something that will really make a, a tangible and significant contribution mm. um, to the world, which, which I kind of viewed as, as being, I guess, the best thing a person can do. Um, obviously, the first problem to solve there is, well, what, what is a contribution and, and what would be a contribution? And that was certainly the kind of muddled path I was trying to navigate there um, yeah. around, you know, what would be, what would be a, a really fun, exciting, great thing to be spending my time doing. And, and then that's kind of where I slowly started to become more aware of, of the social enterprise space and, 
and the way that you know perhaps the charity and not-for-profit sectors are being improved with with new ideas and new models models around sustainability and scale and incorporation of better technology you know to have to have much wider um, sustainable impact mm. um, yeah fantastic so that led you to to co-founding Humanitics. So can you please tell us a little bit more about this platform then and the impact that you intend to make? Sure. So in, in that process, I, I teamed up with a, a best friend of mine, Josh Ross, and he had similar ambitions um, you know, to, to really look to solve some, some of the bigger problems in the world and make a contribution perhaps mm. through social enterprise. And we were exploring a range of business ideas that we thought might be a good fit for a social enterprise model. And in that, we started to recognize that, well, firstly, technology has largely been accountable for the greatest increase in wealth and prosperity that the world has ever seen Mm -hmm. over the last few decades, particularly. And that social enterprise idea would perhaps best lend itself to adopting some of the same mechanics, you know, yeah. Being a, a technology player and trying to be a, a, a scalable enterprise like a like an Amazon or a Facebook or a Google, you mm. know, these are the biggest companies that are having the biggest influence. And so we were looking at industries that might be ripe in that regard for disruption, and that's where online events ticketing just stood out as 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 a great fit for a whole range of reasons. Chiefly that it's a multi-billion-dollar industry making super profits, yeah, um, and everybody across the board resents these profits that the industry makes because it's that $10, $20 booking fee that you get slapped with at the end of buying your tickets to a show or a festival or something like that. So we thought, you know, what if we could redirect these billions of dollars in in booking fee profits to the things that we care about? And we put the bullseye now on on education um, as as we, we believe that, you know, education is one of the most sustainable ways that you can act great change across global inequality, poverty, improvements of the environment. It, it just kind of touches so many spheres. Mm, yeah, fantastic. It certainly shows a lot of potential and you obviously had a, a greater amount of, of recognition in, in what you've done until now. So what have been some of the key challenges then, Adam, in setting up Humanitics and how have you navigated your way around them until now? Yeah, there's been lots. Uh, the first key challenge was the funding. I mean, we set ourselves up as a, our intention was always to run this as a not-for-profit, so therefore having no equity in, in, in the business. Um, and we saw that as, as the best way that maximizes our impact so mm. that we can redistribute all of our profits to our education projects without having to worry about paying our shareholders. Yeah. And in doing that, you know, that's very difficult to raise money. So at the beginning, Josh and I were self-funding this whole project. We didn't seek to raise money at the beginning at all. Mm. And to do that was very difficult. It meant we had to work our jobs and then in, this, in our spare time on the weekends and in, at night, we would then dedicate our time to building this, this idea. But, you know, like everything, you can't really do much in your spare time. You've kind of got to focus full time on it. So that's where we, the first major decision was made that, that we should go full time on this. But we did it in a way where we decided perhaps let's just make one of us go full-time on this while the other person stays in their job so that we mm. can share a salary and work together to create this and then create a, a bridge where the other person can then hop off and join full-time as well once, yeah, nice. once things are humming if, if we're successful in that. 
So we made the decision that I would go full-time on Humanitics and that Josh would stay in his job. And we did that for about 16 months, sharing a salary on a handshake mm-hmm. with no paperwork, um, just trying to build this thing from scratch, which was very difficult. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we were great friends and, and it all worked, thankfully. It was, yeah, very challenging. And then, and then once we'd, we'd kind of got this thing running and, and, and it was proving to be, uh, you know, potentially a, a good idea and well executed, Josh then left his job, joined me full time. And then we were both volunteering full time because we were still self-funding it and, and on the hook and only accountable to ourselves. Yeah. And then after that, that's when slowly we started to attract the interest of some philanthropists. And that was incredibly difficult because, mm. you know, we can't offer equity to an investor because we've gone down the not-for-profit route yeah. and we can't raise debt because, well, we're a website and it's very difficult for, you know, <laughs> to convince somebody to give you debt on, on reasonable terms yeah. uh, when you've got no hard assets. And so we were asking for donations from philanthropists and it's very difficult to do that when your pitch is, you know, we're an online ticketing platform that's going to redistribute you know, the profits of an industry in order to achieve these, you know, these education and, and global equality outcomes. Mm. But it's, you know, it's a very difficult sell because you're, you're trying to tra- transform a mindset where people are, you know, more typically donating to, you know, the more typical kind of causes and, and fantastic charities and that. So, so to try to you know, say, well, because straight away they'd look at us and say, oh, this is a business. So what's the investment? What's, what's yeah. my equity? What's my return? which, you know, okay, so let's just slow this conversation down a little bit. You know, there is no return. (laughs) Um, There's exciting leverage and there's exciting scalability and there's an exciting, there's so many facets to this that's amazing if this works. Mm. I'm sure it might not work, but but if it does, wow, what what, what impact this is going to make. Yeah. Uh, And that's not everybody's cup of tea, which we found out the hard way. Absolutely. (laughs) So, so what have been then some of the biggest lessons you've learned on your journey until now? Firstly, having a co-founder, having a really good co-founder is so valuable. I, I think I, I, it just couldn't have happened if it was just me working mm. on it. It's impossible. I, I just, yeah, reflecting back, that is, there's just no way that we could have got to where we've got to today. Yeah. And, and just having that, that relationship with your co-founder that, that we were able to cultivate, which takes work and is difficult. Mm. But um, that, was, that was key because now you can have two heads driving, you know, really hard towards achieving this goal and, and you know, just working together to, to make this happen. Yeah. And ideally with complementary skill sets, which, which we had as well. Mm. Um, but the other thing is finding a way to cultivate a mindset that you can expect and enjoy and appreciate the kind of trudge that it is the slow burn to create something from nothing. Yeah. Um, it, um, that's quite a mental battle that's, uh, that you've, I just, I've, I've got a lot of learnings from in terms of just cultivating a state of mind that perhaps, you know, tempers your expectations around how quickly things are going to happen. Mm. Tempers your expectations around, you know, how how success how quickly successful this idea should be because you in your heart know that this is this is the greatest idea ever. Yeah, you know, I'm so passionate about it. Why isn't everybody else as passionate yeah. about it? And just yeah, just cultivating a more healthy 
state of mind and position towards that that's a bit more practical and realistic mm. um, yeah it's it's really nice to hear of of such a a, a great relationship that you've formed uh, with Josh with your co-founder because it's not always the case right and you've obviously got some great lessons there from you know how to sustain that that relationship successfully as a co-founder but also you're talking mm. about these other important traits now so are there any really important traits from the top of your mind Adam that you believe successful purpose-led entrepreneurs should really have I, I think it's much the same as regular startups yeah. would have I think it's much the same traits which is I think largely around persistence mm. um, and just that that ability to to stay the course and you know, be flexible, not be brittle in your mindset that, you know, things have to be the way you, you think they are. Yeah. Um, you need to be malleable in that regard. But to but to expect that necessity to be malleable, to expect problems, to expect a grind that of, of frustrating things and tasks and things that pop up that you didn't foresee would be part of this glamorous journey that you might yeah. have painted yeah. in your head. Um and, and I think that's pretty agnostic across the board that mm. a social entrepreneur or a regular entrepreneur or anybody trying to do something, it's just the reality of how things unfold, particularly when you're trying to create something out of nothing. Yeah, definitely. And so in your involvement then in, in this not-for-profit sector, how have you seen it change then over these last few years and, and where do you personally see it heading? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, it's been really promising to see, I guess, more awareness around social enterprise and and the importance of business to play a role in in you know having a having a greater purpose and mm. greater contribution to society. Whether that be all the way, you know, in, in our case, being a hundred percent profit redistribution model, yeah, or or you know at least something, um, you know, CSR, not just being a a greenwashing exercise. Yep. I think those are becoming th that kind of behaviour is becoming more and more transparent, and, mm. and there's definitely a tide of expectation that's being placed on business to to play a greater role yep. in in solving some of the bigger problems. And and I think with that comes a lot of opportunity. Uh, I, in my mind, it's still a it's it's still a very relatively new space where there's lots of opportunities to define. You know, there's still arguments around what social enterprise, what, what the definition of social enterprise actually is. Mm. Um, the you know, you're operating debate. in a space where the, where, the, where the name of the industry is still being debated as to what it means mm. uh, heavily, you know. Yeah. So, so that to me is really exciting because it means that, that one can define it or one can make a case for, for one way to look at it while others can make a case for another way to look at it. Yeah. And the both both concepts don't have to compete necessarily, but it's but it's just interesting because it's a state of flux, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So, are there any really inspiring projects then, Adam, that you've come across recently that that you think are also creating some fantastic positive social change? Yeah. So, our as part of what we do, we team up with. Um, I guess our, what we see as our implementation partners, which are our partner charities, which we we team up with to deliver the work that mm. we that we do by redistributing our hundred percent of our profits. And so, particularly um, a, a charity called Room to Read, 
is doing some fantastic work around literacy programs as well as life skills. One of their projects focus, focuses specifically on girls in the developing world, mm. um, improving literacy programs and life skills. And we were made aware of this by Atlassian and the Atlassian Foundation, who's who's a big funder of us now as well, yeah. of, of Humanitics. And they opened our eyes to the social return on invested capital and, and the need to invest in literacy programs and life skills for girls in the developing world and just how much that can move the dial and how much good that can do. Mm. You know, just the, just the basic ideas even around being able to raise one's opinion and put forward one's ideas yep. or, or do those kinds of things are, are lacking in many parts of the world. Mm. Um, and, 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 and having a really, you know, uh, well-structured way to, to do that and to, uh, and collaborative way to do that, um, is kind of what, what, what room to read provide as well as, as well as hard literacy. Yeah. It sounds like a fantastic organization. So to finish off then, Adam, what books would you recommend to our listeners? <laughs> there's there's lots of books. Uh, I've I've just recently finished a particularly interesting book. It was um, Homo Deus um, by Yuval Harari, and it was the book he wrote after um, Sapiens, which which got a lot of um, recognition. Mm. Um, but the reason I liked Homo Deus a lot was it's it's a book that looks forward and suggests where we might be heading as a species and why we might value certain things over other things yeah. and why we might and, and our general trajectory as a society. It's written well that it's not trying to set a prophecy as to what it thinks is going to happen, yeah. but just more creates food for thought around where we might head or the several directions we might go based on our tendencies to want to do particular things. Mm. Um, and I think it, it, it sets a really nice framing to think about, you know, for me at least, the kind of you know the kind of contribution um, I'd want to look to make, and the kind of things to be aware of that uh, might be the new problems to try solve or the new contributions to make in the future. Mm. Um, you know, there will always be uh, contributions to make and and things to improve and and navigate a bit in a bit of a better way. Uh, and that's that that book just kind of to me is is just really great food for thought. And you could, you could come at it from so many different directions. Mm. It sounds like a good one, Adam. So I'll stick a link through to that book at the bottom of the article. So Adam, thanks so much for your generous insights and your time today. And we certainly wish you and, and your co-founder, Josh, the, the best on your journey with Humanitics. And we'll look forward to touching base again in the near future. Thanks, Tom. It's been our pleasure. Looking forward to it. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.